0: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
1: Our special guest through this coming hour is Stu Miller. Stu is the founder of Train to Proclaim. And uh, we have some great conversations. I'm expecting a great conversation ahead over this next hour. Stu Miller, a special welcome to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Great to be here. Uh, Stu, before we get underway with this conversation, we're going to talk about fearing God, fearing man, what that means for our Christian walk, what that means for the expression of our faith. But uh, there's something I just need to raise with you. You play the bagpipes. I do indeed. And (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know this about you before. But uh, but you are a bagpiper, and in fact, uh, lots of family members in your family play mm-hmm. the bagpipes. Yeah, uh, and you've got a son who's just learning to play the bagpipes now. That's right. And uh, I just want to pick up on something here: uh, the way that he's learning to play the bagpipes is not in your living room. No, no, he's, that he's learning be too loud. <laughs> he's, he's learning and practicing. In the backyard. That's right. <laughs> there's there's this old expression, isn't there? You know, turn it up and introduce it to your neighbours. That's right. It's, I hope you've
2: got good neighbours. Uh, we've got great neighbours. We've got
1: great neighbours.
2: <laughs> I just think it's too good for just us. Let's share it with the whole neighbourhood. <laughs> <Yes.
1: laughs> but of course, as I uh, you know, as I think of bagpipes, they are so loud. Yes. That it won't be just your immediate neighbors who'll be entertained by this wonderful practice, uh, but <laughs> your entire neighborhood will That's be right. will be introduced
2: to the bagpiping. That's right. Introduced is probably better than entertained at this stage <laughs> just because uh, Sam is, you know, only just starting out, so he's uh, he's got to uh, get the hang of it a bit. But once he is, they'll, they'll enjoy it a lot more. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: who's teaching him? Are you are you the bagpipe
2: teacher? Um, no, actually. His pop in New Zealand um, is teaching him on Skype. So my father, who, who taught me how to play the bagpipes, is teaching his grandson.
1: Okay. And is there some Scottish heritage in your family that gives this passion for the bagpipes?
2: Yeah, well, the Miller, um, we come from the McFarlane clan and we can trade. You know, trace back uh, to our relatives to Northern Ireland, actually. Um, and you think, well, hey, that's not Scotland. But everyone apparently from Northern Ireland came from Scotland originally. Okay. So, yeah. So my mum plays, my dad plays. I've got three brothers that play. We're, we're like a mini band
1: when we we're growing up. We even put out our own CD. Okay. Now, tell me about <laughs> your CD because uh, it's something you've done as a project for your family. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, what sort of what sort of tunes do you play on this?
2: Well, it was put out in 1991. So it, it's, it's a wee way ago now. <laughs> Uh, but at the time, the the two movies that just came out were Lion King and Titanic, and we actually played the, the theme to Titanic and Lion King, and and a number of other contemporary pieces, which was very radical in its time to play on the bagpipes. And we put uh, guitars and and you know keyboards and bass and drums all in behind it, and again that was pretty radical in its time. Uh, so it was it was quite nice to have some some different sort of. Bagpipe music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there might even be listeners who'd like to contribute to our conversation uh, with your own bagpiping expertise as well, or some sort of comment <laughs> on the Miller family bagpiping. Uh, well, we're not going to talk necessarily all about bagpiping today, although when we talk about evangelism, sometimes we think of evangelists as people who are extroverted and loud. And bagpipes are extroverted and loud, and, uh, and this might be just the way your family presents to the nation. Neighbors, uh, to the broader community. In fact, the whole city is probably wondering where that noise is coming from right now. But let's talk about, you know, the way that our lives unfolds and the sorts of things that impress us mm. to either be a little louder with our faith or to actually be uh, softer and even fearful about Mm. how we express our faith. When you think of the sort of contrast that you have there, because you'd come across people all the time in your Mm. seminars that you're leading with uh, talking about evangelism, Mm. you've got the quiet ones, you've got the fearful ones, Mm -hmm. uh, then you've got those who are ready to... You know, launch get out of the box out. and launch out and have a go. That's uh, right. There is a there is a big spectrum, isn't there?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think uh, part of the fear in in, in evangelism and it comes from this uh, a wrong understanding of what evangelism is. Evangelism is simply sharing the gospel message, and the gospel's good news. You're sharing the good news of Jesus, and when you do that, you don't need to be standing on a platform or in front of a big crowd. And because I think we've had decades of of crusades and and tent meetings and all this sort of thing, particularly through the the sort of '80s and '90s, you know, we've got this impression that. You know, to be an evangelist or to evangelize is to stand up in front of a big crowd and yell and be loud. Yep. <laughs> yep. We've got this loud, but hey, you can be very soft. You can have a cup of coffee with a friend and say, "Hey, can I share with something with you?" Very gentle. And I tell you what, I think some of the introverts are the best people to share the gospel, uh, and they do a, a better job than some of the extroverts because they're just very gentle and non-assuming, and and they just have a lovely way of of, uh, communicating the good news of Jesus. So I'd say whatever personality type you've got, it takes all all types to reach your types. Go for it.
1: You're right, though, with the impression that people have in their own minds of what the evangelist is. And you might be thinking of, uh, you know, Billy Graham uh, up on stage with a large PA and uh, Mm -hmm. tens of thousands of people and and uh, there is a sort of a preachy type of a mentality that you can mm. have, and you can think that to be an evangelist, you've got to be some—you know—you've got to have, you've got to have the right words, mm. and you've got to say them mm. the right way, and it's got to be in the preacher mm. mode. Sure. But that's interesting to hear you talk about mm. the softly spoken, sure. over a cup of coffee, person who shares their faith. Mm.
2: Absolutely. And part of the thing that I do when I when I go into churches is try to draw those people out and say, hey, this is for everybody, because a lot of introverted people or fearful people have just written it off, put it in the too hard basket and said, you know, that, that's for the people who are able to do that, who've got the gift to the gab, the evangelist type people, the loud people. That's not really for me. I'll, I'll serve in another way. But, you know, Jesus calls all of us to be able to share our faith, and um, that's not to make people feel guilty for not doing it, but to encourage people today that it's it's for all of us. It's a command of Christ that all of us need to obey, and and I think uh, part of what I do when I go into a church is try to give people good tools to be able to do it, to reduce that fear and make it easy for people to be able to share their faith. So they don't need to have the gift of the gab. And and that's why we use the G7 app. We've talked about it in other shows, Neil, the, the Gospel in Seven uh, app that you can get. Because it's just so easy with a phone to sit down and, and put a phone in, and, you know, in front of someone. Hey, have a look at this. Uh, very natural in our society to talk about games and apps and show people photos of your family and everything on a phone and so why not show them the gospel it's actually very relaxed and because you're looking at a screen there's not that eye contact there's not that that fearful you know cold uh, you know that uh, confrontation that that is often there when you start talking about the gospel eye to eye with someone and it can get a bit tense this removes all that and makes it a lot easier so if, if if you're listening and you want a great way to share the gospel go to the app store it's available for Apple and Android and for phone and for tablet, just t- t- uh, type in gospel in seven, gospel space I-N space in the number seven.
1: And we'll talk some more about that app as, sure. uh, as we often do when we're having these conversations mm. because it is a extra tool that yeah. people can use. Uh, there's something important, though, that you've that you've raised, the mm. idea that once you were afraid to share your faith, to mm. be an open Christian, uh, but that doesn't necessarily have to be something that stays with you in a lifelong way. You can change. Uh, and some people might say, oh, I don't want to change. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, what you're saying is that uh, people who were quiet were mm. fearful mm. of actually being a, a, a more extroverted Christian. Mm. Uh, that's not necessarily their lot for their entire life.
2: Yeah, I think that um, definitely all of us can, can improve uh, and change the way that we uh, connect with people. And, and I think part of it is this understanding. If we've got a wrong understanding of what it's all about, then we just write it off and say, no, nah, it's not for me. But if we can understand that we can do it in, in the way that God made us, we're, we're all different. and. Uh, you know, we're all a team here and it takes all types to reach all types. And I'll never be able to reach some people that you'll be able to reach. You'll never be able to reach some people I'll be able to reach. We've all got our own networks. We've got our own personality types that will appeal to different people. And that's why, this is an exciting thing. We as Christians all around the world are united in our mission to reach the world for Jesus Christ. And it's an exciting thing. Uh, but as far as changing over time, the fear, well, I would agree with you and disagree with you on that. And that I, I'm, a, I'm a full-time evangelist and have been for 23 years. But I still experience fear when I talk with people. When I go out to South Bank and I share the gospel with people, I don't know how people are going to react. And there's always that little bit of Uh, apprehension when I approach someone. How are they going to respond to this when I talk about Jesus? And I don't think that goes away, Uh, but you've just got to be courageous and then push through that. And I think if you've got good tools, and you're, you're confident in, in knowing how to share the gospel, then it, you don't have a fear of saying the wrong thing or, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? And it removes all that. And the only fear that you have is, how is this person going to respond to me? And ultimately, again, if you know who you are in Christ, you'll say, hey, look, I fear God more than I fear man. I'm going to do this. And I tell you what, Neil, most non-Christians are extremely nice. They're very nice people. Uh, 99% of the people I approach... Uh, you know, thank me at the end when i 've shared the gospel with them if they don 't want to hear, they 'll say, "Hey, no thanks," and you say, "Hey, have a great day you know it really isn 't that bad it 's not like overseas where you, you you could be imprisoned or or killed for trying to share your faith. You know we really have it easy here in Australia, but it just takes a bit of boldness, and that comes from trusting God and knowing who
1: you are in Christ. And when you say it's easy in Australia, we Mm. may be talking about a window of opportunity, Mm. uh, which means it's easy now. Mm. May not always be easy. Mm. So, you know, you can't get to the point where things get harder and then say, Oh, I should have done a whole lot more. Now is the time to be thinking about the attitudes of our own Mm. hearts Mm. uh, so that we're taking advantage of this opportunity.
2: Definitely. Definitely. I mean, we don't know where Australia is going to be in, in 20 years time. We've, we've already got uh, hate speech laws, you know, and uh, you've talked about that a, a bit on the show. Some of these, these laws that, that in Victoria and, and other places and who knows whether Christians are going to be completely muted. Uh, from from sharing what they believe you know freedom of speech is, is under threat at the moment as you know
0: helping you make sense of life culture and current events from a biblical perspective 2020
1: on vision our talk back line open on 1-800-316-316 talking about the fear of god and the fear of man i mean how do you think about fear uh, let us know, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Stu Miller from Train Two Proclaim is with us. Stu, let me take you to a New Testament scripture, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. This mm. is the one that comes to mind when I think about fear of God, fear mm. of man. Mm. And do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, mm. but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Uh, now, there's, it's almost uh, there's something to be fearful about in that scripture. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, it's uh, it's actually yeah. a scary scripture to read. Uh, yes. But uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on this idea of fearing God, fearing man?
2: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, like I was saying before about no one really gets over fear. If you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to make a stand for Christ, whether it be in your workplace or your school or wherever you are, you um, in order to do that, you've got to fear God more than you fear man because there will be some sort of ridicule. There will be some sort of someone will get their back up and uh, it, it may be uncomfortable. And unfortunately, we, we live our lives trying to remove anything that's uncomfortable at all, particularly in the Western world uh, with all the technology and all the, the, the comforts that we have, that it's it's not nice to be uncomfortable. you know. But in order to, to fear God and, and put him first, Making a stand for him wherever we are is so important. I'll I'll give you an example, actually, of when I was at high school when I became a Christian and I wanted to share Jesus with other people. And we went to a Christian group there in the school and we used to meet in a little lunch room away from everyone. you know. And there was someone in the the Christian group that, that just wouldn't say anything about their faith outside of that group and they just were almost embarrassed about it, and they got a little bit of ridicule or someone found out that they went to the Christian group. Well, a friend of mine and myself, we decided we're just going to go for it, and we did, and we just started talking to people about Jesus, and originally we got a lot of lash back and a lot of kids, oh, you religious guys, and you know, calling us names and stuff, but we stuck at it, and we, we feared God more than we feared man, and eventually what happened is all of that just stopped. Because they went, well, you guys are serious. You actually believe what you're saying. And there became a respect for it. And, in fact, we had people come up to us who we literally didn't know know at all and started asking questions about God. Because uh, are you the, are you the god people are you the the um the religious people? What about such and such and they 'd ask us a question and we who started to share our faith uh, but we had a respect in the school it 's like you you 're the 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 priest in the school type thing um, and we can we can have that same example uh played over again and again in your workplace um in your university, wherever you are. But I think you need to make that stand, make it strongly, and people will respect it
1: in the end, even if you have a bit of backlash at the beginning. This is the thing, isn't it? Uh, Getting out there in your secular workplace, or whether it's school or whether it is a club or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be, is just getting it out. That mm. you're a Christian. That's right. Uh, then, in fact, uh, you know it's out there, and uh, mm. I've declared my my allegiance to God. Yes. Uh, and then, as you say, it actually then uh, there's a release of something that happens, yep. Yep. Uh, and it even actually helps us then to uh, actually say, you know, I'm on mm. the Lord's side, and. That's uh, right and i'm not uh, here to compromise and uh, you know there are ethical issues that i'm facing in the workplace or in the club uh, but uh, but you actually then you've declared your side and then mm. you can actually be a christian in so much more a strong capacity than you would have if you'd not declared your hand absolutely
2: and people will watch you you know um i want i want to ask a question of everyone listening today do wherever you are whatever workplace or school place or uni or wherever you are do people around you know that you're a Christian? Uh that's a bit of a challenge, you know, because sometimes we we don't want people to know either because we don't want them watching our lives and scrutinizing because it's it's a little bit like being in an aquarium, isn't it? When you say you're a Christian, everyone starts looking at and judging you, you know, and and uh you've got to live, live this holy life, but I would just say be transparent and honest and say, look, I'm a fallen human being, I'm not perfect, I do things wrong, but Through Jesus, I'm forgiven, you know, and it's an
1: opportunity for you to
2: to do that wherever you are.
1: It makes it easier, I've found, that when there is another Christian in your workplace or in your Mm group— Uh, that when you actually know each other, mm. uh, that you're actually accountable to one another, and then yes. uh, you know one makes that declaration, yes. and the other one uh, tells everybody behind your back that oh, he's a Christian too. Yes. Yep. <laughs> then yep. you know it's it's out there, and right. uh, and really that's a part of uh, mm-hmm. the way that we can actually make this declaration that you know I fear God more than what you might like to say against me or the criticisms sure. you might bring. Sure.
2: And I think a lot of the issues that come up in society and and in politics and that that we're debating in our in our society um Christians are often feel like they're silenced oh, I can't say anything and oh, I'm the only one it's a bit like a elijah, but lord I'm the only one and then he doesn't realize there's another you know thousands hiding in the, in the caves and I think if we come out uh come out of the closet you know as a christian and we declare that and we make a stand other christians and feel that that uh, boldness to do the same and all of a sudden instead of in our in our work lunch room where everything's dominated by a lefty sort of you know um uh type uh point of view all of a sudden it's it's a bit of a sway more to the to the right and a bit more of a Christian influence coming in there and you've and you might find that someone that you didn't even know was a Christian comes out and says some things and all of a sudden things can change in your workplace.
1: And you know, when when you are open about your faith in the workplace, as you say, then mm. the questions come. So then yes. you're not actually looking for opportunities to share your faith. The mm. opportunities start to come to you. Mm.
2: I mean, I would say do both. Look for, look for the opportunities and let them come to you. Uh, always, always be ready to give an account of the hope that's within you, you know. Um, it's a wonderful thing to be able to share Christ. And, um, you know, when we uh, when we make that stand, those opportunities will be there.
1: When we talk about fearing God and fearing man, the thing that comes to mind is there's almost a contradiction here. Mm-hmm. Because in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, we can find people who believed in God, followed Mm. God, Mm. and they weren't fearful of God in Mm. the sense of, uh, you know, God is a big bully and if I do the wrong thing, I'll get a rod over my back. Right. Uh, It was people who appreciated the presence of God, uh, appreciated his promises to them. The goodness of God is sure. something that people focused on. And I think there's somehow or other a, a bit of a discrepancy in the way we think about the fear of God. Mm. How do you think about the fear of God, Stu? Well, I mean, the Bible says in, in uh,
2: John that, that God is love. And, uh, you know, and perfect love casts out all fear, we read um, in First uh, in, uh, John. So, you know, that's an amazing thing. Uh, in, in 2 Timothy one 7 we we've got, uh, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So this whole thing of love dispelling fear, and then we're called to fear God. So it's sort of like, is that a contradiction? <laughs> What's going on here? But if God is love, and we understand how awesome and amazing He is, we fear Him. Now that that word "fear" isn't to be afraid of God, but rather to deeply respect Him and and, uh, and be amazed uh, at His awesomeness, about how incredible He is, how powerful He is. Has a, you know, there should be that respect. And I think some sometimes we're a little bit blasé about God. Oh yeah, God's my best mate. Uh, he you know, he's okay. He's cool. Um, and yet he's the creator of the universe. <laughs> he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the, the Alpha and Omega beginning and the end. He, he is awesome. There, there is no greater being in the universe than God, and there should be a, a holy respect for God. But at the same time, not fearing him, he's love. He, he, we are in relationship with him. We can talk with him, and he talk with us, and uh, that's a beautiful thing.
1: We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take one from Shelby in Sunnybank. Hello, Shelby. Welcome along to 2020.
3: Hi, Neil. How are you going?
1: Very well, Shelby. What are your thoughts?
3: Uh, yes, Neil Stewart. Um, mate, Um, I when I was younger, um, I used to have a, a, a lot of... From time to time, I had fear of men, especially at work and different places uh, where I associated. Um... But as I've got older, I've got bolder. Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, yeah.
3: And probably more to the helping of the Holy Spirit. Um, I've called on much more of the Holy Spirit uh, in my life. Um, but, you know... Um, it's amazing. You know, a couple of organizations I'm in, and for one, um, there was a, a prayer circle founded, and I stumbled across it, and, you know, it's just so uplifting. I'm able, even able. It's an American company, and uh, this started in America. Um, uh, we haven't got it fully going in, in Australia, but we've got a lot of people in it from Australia, um, and that alone um, is just so uplifting. However, I, you know, I can give you an example where, Um, I started to strike out in my boldness uh, a few years back when I was in a race car team. And, you know, there were a bunch of guys that were fantastic guys, but they were all non-believers, even the owner of the team and the driver of the car. Um, However, um, I made a stand and let these guys know that I believed in the good Lord Jesus and, um, you know, Uh, one thing that started to happen is often there was the nut or the bolt that no one could remove and it was the last bolt as usual and yet they'd say I'll give it to Trev and God will get him Uh, he'll he'll have a prayer and it'll it'll we'll we'll get it off and you know that was my prayer I'd sit patiently I will pray and say Lord Jesus this create a miracle here. Let's get this bolt removed so it can get on to the repairs of this vehicle, what have you. And, you know, every time... Um, these guys stand back and just amazed in God's power in just a thing like that. Shelby,
1: it sounds something simple, but it's actually quite profound uh, when the rest of the group recognises that some little miracle's about to take place here. But uh, Stu, your thoughts on what Shelby's sharing and I I really appreciated when he was saying uh, as you get older, you get bolder.
2: That's great. Good on you, Shelby. And that's a great example of, of when you make a stand at work the the opportunities are coming to you. They are actually saying, "Hey, Shelby, can you pray? Can you do a miracle here? You know, like and and a great opportunity for you to be able to be a witness at work." And I love mm-hmm. the fact that you've uh, you've talked about how you you're relying a lot more on the Holy Spirit now because we need to put our trust in God and not in our own confidence, not in our own ability. Uh, you know, Psalm fifty-six, three says, "When I'm afraid, I put my trust in You," and uh, and that's what you're doing. You're allowing, you know, putting your trust in the Holy Spirit to give you that
1: boldness and that courage. As Stu Miller, as we talk about the fear of God, fear of man, how important is knowing who we are in Christ? And uh, given we had that call just before the news, as I get older, I get bolder. It's like uh, getting to know this. This idea of who I am, my identity mm. in Christ.
2: Yeah, and I, I think as we grow in our Christian life and we, we know who we are in Christ, we, we do get a greater confidence. We do get a greater boldness. We do know that God is with us more and more. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, I think we start to care less about what people think, you know, and more about what God thinks and And it's uh yeah, but definitely knowing our identity in Christ is a massive thing because we we're a child with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you know this is the most important thing in our life, and when we understand that and we identify with Christ, then it its doesn't take as much. Uh, for us to be able to, to
1: make that known to those around us. Uh, there's another interesting dimension here because mm. as you get older, you might get bolder, mm. uh, but there is a certain zealousness that mm. comes in youthfulness that actually you'd contend to lose as you mm. get older and, and, uh, you know, as you get married and as you have children and you mm-hmm. take on responsibilities, yeah. uh, sometimes the zealousness seems to subside a little. But, uh, but yeah, there's that, that youthfulness, if you could get the two, if you get the uh, the older, bolder youth, uh, you'd be doing pretty well.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think it partly is also, you know, when you give your life to Christ because it's, you know, often that's when you're a young person as well and, and you're, you're zealous. But when you first become a Christian, it's like you just want to tell the world. This is amazing. You know, you've got to tell everyone. And then uh, we might not have the knowledge or know how to share the gospel or a whole lot of things that, that Christians, you know, 20, 30 years down the track have got. They haven't got anywhere near that knowledge, but they've got the, the zeal and the boldness, and they just want to tell people. Uh, so like you say, I'd love to be able to combine that that wealth of knowledge and, and wisdom with the zeal of, of uh, only just coming to know Christ.
1: I imagine that how you deal with a setback or two is going to be important here too because mm-hmm. you might be getting older, you might be getting bolder, mm-hmm. uh, you might even get to a point where uh, some of those things that were slowing you down earlier, you know, mm-hmm. family, family's grown up and you're mm-hmm. now older and you've got time on your hands as well, mm-hmm. and not only have you got time on your hands, you might have more financial resources yes. than you've ever had before you've got yeah. a whole lot more wisdom to be able to contribute That's you've got right. skills that you can actually support people mm. uh this is a time isn't it i imagine mm. that uh, that you need to think very carefully about who you are most afraid of mm. or where your fear is well placed because uh, you don't want to miss the opportunities when they come because you're growing older
2: mm. definitely I, I think um Uh, I mean, I I think of a a lady um, that did a training event um, with the the G7 and uh, she was, ooh, I think 82 and... And you sort of think, oh, you know, like 82 years old, you're starting to, to wind down, you know, like uh, you take it easy, play some cards, you know, sit around uh, drinking cups of tea. No, she was, she was, no, we've got to get the gospel out there. And she wandered downtown and she'd sit down on a seat beside someone, hello, how are you? And so non-assuming, you know, like a little old lady sitting down, and everyone was happy to get to talk with her and she'd just pull out the presentation and go through it with people and she shared with hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds of people, and I think, look, she she's got the wisdom, she's got time on her hands, she's retired, you know, she's uh, no one's going to turn her down. <laughs> she's got a lot going for her, and sometimes we think, you know, when we look at at uh, older people, oh, we just write them off. Oh yeah, they've had their prime, that they're over it now. I think they've got so much to offer, and they can they can uh, they can do so much for the kingdom.
1: Uh, there's almost a thought, though. Let me come back to this fear of man, uh, fear of God. Let's uh, focus on fear of man for a moment because uh, there's almost. I think uh, in some people a fearfulness that if you start to share the gospel, and as that 82-year-old lady, you know, sharing that gospel all the time, mm. uh, that somehow you become like a multi-level marketing company type salesperson. Mm. And you uh, you think, oh, I don't really – that sort of sales image mm. doesn't suit me. I'm not trying to sell mm. Jesus Mm. Uh, I want to share Jesus. I don't want to sell him, but somehow, mm. sometimes you can feel like you're you're you know uh, you're sort of trying to sell some sort of pyramid marketing scheme.
2: Mm, mm. And I think um, probably uh, all of us need to be salespeople in some regards. You know, I know that sort of people might balk at the thought of that. But I, I would say we need to be salespeople, but not pushy salespeople. And I think there's a difference. I think, you know, if you're passionate about, you know, sharing the gospel and passionate about Jesus and what it, the change that he's made in your life, that's going to come out. And sometimes when we're passionate about something, it sounds like we're wanting to sell someone something. But the, the, I think the key is to be passionate and, and share with enthusiasm, but don't be pushy. Respect people, honor people. Uh, respect that they have the right to believe what they want, and just also understand that it's God's job, not our job. We don't need to bully anyone, be a high-pressure salesperson, and and you know convince them or anything like that. Argue them into the kingdom because we cannot. Only God can do this. So when we understand that it's God's job, we can just relax. I just when I share the gospel, I just go, God, this is your work, not mine. I'm just going to share the information. You turn it into revelation. You do your thing. <laughs> you do what you do, which is to save people. I can't save anyone, so it just takes a huge weight off my shoulders understanding that, and I'm very relaxed with people. I just say, "Hey, look, I'll share with you, and you can you can do with it whatever you like." But here, here it is, and uh, and then I don't feel like a salesperson,
1: but at the same time, I'm passionate about explaining how amazing God is. I imagine you've got to exercise a level of discernment and the discernment, mm. especially when there are people who are a part of your immediate family, yes. people who are close to you, because mm. you can very easily get the reputation of being someone who is sort of nagging almost, you know, and there's nothing yeah. worse, is there, than mm. that idea of a nagging person and you know, all they ever want to talk about is this Jesus, and mm. they always want me to go to church, and they always want me to give mm. my life to Christ. Uh, mm. And especially when you've got immediate family, there is an exercising of discernment that's necessary there, because mm. uh, you don't want to repel your immediate family right. to the message that impassions your entire heart. Mm.
2: I think um, yeah, there's, there's a probably a couple of things there. One is that, I mean, if Jesus is in the center of your life, you know, your life is about Jesus. And if they want anything to do with you, you're going to be talking about Jesus at some stage. You're going to be sharing something or you're going to be sharing little testimonies or something exciting that's happened. And if they're so repelled by Christianity that, you know, like the negativity and it all goes cold whenever you mention that, then there's a problem that they, that they have that they can't, you know, as long as you're relaxed about it and you're not pushing it on them all the time, surely you should be able to bring up the conversation. What's their problem? Why are they getting uptight about it? Uh, I just I think, hey, look, let's just relax. If you talk about the rugby, you talk about your work, you talk about whatever, I talk about what I'm interested in, we should all be able to have a conversation and I might not be so interested in your work, but I'll still listen and ask questions and be interested because you're family. And I, I expect the same sort of thing with me. Now, that doesn't always happen, unfortunately, yeah. Neil, and I've got a situation in my own family where that's the case and I've got to walk very carefully. But what I do is I... I don't balk at the opportunity when something comes up. I'll say something, but I'll try to be like you say, sensitive and discerning in the way that I do it so I don't be pushy, but at the same time I want to communicate something, hey, this is important to me. This is an important part of my life and it's an amazing thing to know God.
1: And of course, you could be uh, you know, you uh, when you are actually sharing mm. the good news, mm. you're sharing good things and yes. uh, and yes. Uh, The sorts of things that you might talk about in conversation Mm. are actually pointing to the goodness of God Mm. in your own life. The goodness of God in a testimony that happened just the other day. Sure. Uh, And so when you share those good things, Mm. if you're doing that in a discerning way and not not with the sort of, you know, the the, the way you want to beat people around the ears, uh, then actually people are going to be open to the goodness of God. Sure, absolutely.
2: I think, you know, there's two things that we, we, um, we can do. We can actually articulate the gospel, share the full gospel message with someone. And I, I believe we, we should be trying to do that with each and every one of our family members at least once. But I often, at the end of it, will say to when, when it's someone I know, it be a friend or a family member that doesn't know Christ, I say at the end, look, you know, hey, I've shared it with you now. I'll leave it with you. I'm not going to badger you about it. But if you ever want to talk, you know I'm here, and I'd love to be able to have more conversations with you about it. So they know that I'm not going to hit them up every time, and you know with a big presentation. But the, at least I've gone through, and they normally appreciate. Uh, you know, when I do the G7, for example at the end, people thank you because they can hear your heart. They know why you've shared the gospel with them. They know why it's important to you, and you haven't been pushy. And I think people really appreciate that. But as an ongoing day-to-day thing in relationship, little testimonies that you share, as long as you're not pushy, <laughs> can be a wonderful part. And that's the ongoing witness for Christ and doing things, not not only just talking the talk, but walking the walk. Helping them shift if they need to shift, to help them then, do, you know, uh, if they need a ride to the airport or do something, hey, let me help you out. And just always trying to love people in, in practical ways as well.
1: And Stu, it gets to a point sometimes as well uh, when you're meeting with old friends mm. uh, and, you know, you're perhaps growing older as well. Mm. And I'm sure that there'd be listeners who'd be able to relate to the idea of missing an opportunity to share. Mm the good news, the mm. gospel of Christ and mm. uh, you've waved goodbye to your good friend and mm. and next thing they've got a dreadful disease mm. and they've died or they've mm. had a tragic car accident, uh, all sorts of sure. things that can go wrong mm. and you miss the opportunity. Sure. And this is where I imagine it strikes home uh, sure. very powerfully. Uh, sure. Do I fear God or do I fear man? Mm. And really uh, to be able to weigh up uh, how I'm going to approach the situation mm. and share the gospel even if it's mm. uncomfortable because that's a person I may never see again.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, there is an urgency. We, we don't know what's going to happen to people. People could die tomorrow. Uh, I mean, in saying that, I mean, I think some people take that to a bit of an extreme and they just like, will push when the opportunity is not there or when someone pushes back, they push harder and it becomes a negative situation. Uh, I I don't believe we should do that. Uh, But at the same time, we should take the opportunities that are there before us.
0: Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A
1: biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Stu Miller from Train to Proclaim is our guest. There is a website called train2proclaim.com and uh, that's where you can access the Gospel in Seven app as well. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Lee in Camerweel in Queensland. Hello, Lee. Welcome along. Good morning, Neil
3: and Stuart.
1: Good morning. Lee, what are your thoughts?
3: Uh, Neil, really an important uh, and interesting subject, I believe, because it's part of what we're asked to do by the Lord and uh, since salvation I've had that natural desire and tendency to reach out to people a couple of scriptures sort of help me stay focused I guess and one is that God is not happy that any should perish but that all should come to change their mind about him and their future and the second one that keeps me motivated and I think probably touches the lives of most evangelists would be that if our name is not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Mm. So if I can help somebody escape that, probably the worst tragedy known to mankind, well, it's really a privilege and a pleasure to do so. Mm.
2: Mm. Absolutely, Lee. Um, and I think you've, you've touched on a point that this, this really does matter. Uh, we're talking about eternity. The ramifications of this are massive. And so, you know, when we really get a revelation of that and how much this is going to affect someone's soul for all of eternity, um, what can we do but share the good news of Jesus with them? We're going to want to make, even if we're fearful, we're going to want to say, God, help me do this. Give me the courage and, and just do it. I think, you know, the, the Nike ad always says, just do it. And I think that's a, a message for us as Christians. We've, we've got to take that courage and step out. So good on you, Lee. Thanks for that encouraging verses.
1: Thank you to Lee from Camerweel in Queensland. Let's take a call from John in WA. Hello, John. Welcome along.
3: Uh, welcome. Thank you. Um, I've been to a lot of churches, and a lot of churches don't preach on the fear of God. You know, it's like yep. we've really got to respect what he has done for us.
1: And uh, having that respect for what he's done for us, an important part of uh, the balance of understanding what it is, uh, to know God, to love God, to fear God, uh, all of that. uh, And sometimes, and I imagine, uh, John, as we talk about this, and a lot of churches might not uh, teach that. Perhaps they do, but maybe not all together in the one sentence.
3: Mm. Yeah, because uh, Jesus said, don't fear man, but fear God that can destroy the body and soul.
1: And I think that's an important scripture we were making some reference to a little earlier. So, John, when you fear, when you talk about fearing God, how do you describe your fear?
3: To love, love him for what he did mm. to help me out of a crisis, you know, respect him more and more. Good thoughts, and
1: when you bring love into the equation, actually uh, love, perfect love, casts out all fear, but there is a certain amount of fear in that love that you have for God, Stu Miller.
2: Uh, definitely. I mean, perfect love does cast out fear, and it's, uh, it's our love for God and an appreciation of who he is and how amazing he is that we fear him, um, and it's our love for others. Um, I think... Loving God and loving others are the two greatest commandments, aren't they? And if we do truly love God, we will want to do what he asks us to do and, and to share with others. And if we truly love others and we care about them, like uh, Lee was saying before, we, we understand the ramifications, the importance of this. We will, the love will compel
1: us to be able to share. And perfect love casts out fear. Is it fair enough to say if you're going to love God and love others, you know, the, the biggest commandment and the second one's just like it, loving mm. God and love others, mm. that in actual fact, uh, you are expressing your fear of God because mm. you're obeying God in loving God and loving others? Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much to John from WA for your input today here on 2020. Just a couple of minutes left uh, in our conversation, Stu. I wanted to ask you about the sorts of resources that make it easier to be able to share Mm. our faith. And uh, one of those resources that you have on your website at train2proclaim.com is what you've been mentioning as Mm. the Gospel in Seven app. And, of course, people have smartphones. uh, They've downloaded apps, and it's an easy way to actually have that little bit of gospel support Mm. when you're actually sharing your faith.
2: Yeah, it's a great way to create the opportunity to share the gospel because it's very easy with a phone. Say, hey, have a look at this. And then oh what is it something i'm doing with my church it's a and then away you go and you just use the app and because all the words are there you don't need to make anything up you don't need to memorize a massive script you don't have to have the gift of the gab uh it removes all the jargon out of it so we don't end up talking christianese and and uh, all the jargon that we so often use when we're talking about jesus it's just a it's animated it's interesting Uh, it's all there in front of you as long as you can read and tap on the screen you qualify. I tried to make this as, as easy as possible p- for people to be able to do it. So that way you don't need to, to think about, am I doing this right or whatever. You just follow it through. Practice it through six to ten times once you've downloaded it just to get your flow and your presentation right, and away you go. There's even a video version, Neil. If you, if you don't have a lot of confidence to share the gospel, you can just play the video to someone. Here, have a look at this and uh, play the video, and it does the introduction, the gospel, and the response all for you. So great, some great tools. Another another excellent tool that's available on the website, and it's actually available from the Vision um, store. If
1: you go to the Vision store, you'll know the, the web address for that. Uh, well, uh, vision.org.au is our standard website, and mm-hmm. there's a link there. You can go straight to the store from that website.
2: Yeah. The, the resource there that we have is a DVD uh, resource that's got ten five-minute videos on how to share your faith, and they are really, really handy. If you're struggling to share your faith, this will give you some great keys. One, one, a really good one that people really enjoy is the conversational approach. And actually, how do you, in conversation, bring out? Uh, have a spiritual conversation with people and by using questions. And it's, it's something that, that really does remove fear because you can just relax and just ask questions and put it all onto the other person. So it's a great one. But there's some excellent ones there talking about all sorts of different topics. And uh, so if you can get a hold of that video uh, series, um, it's the
1: DVDs called Reaching People You Don't Know. And, of course, uh, you can do that. Go to vision.org.au. And if you wanted to download the app, and the app is free, the Gospel in Seven app, simply go to train2proclaim.com. So, I mean, last week we were talking about being equipped, Mm -hmm. being ready for 2017. One of the areas we need to be equipped and ready is in this area of being confident, Mm. capable, and passionate about sharing our Mm. faith. And so uh, when we talk about these resources, Stu, some people don't need resources. Mm -hmm. They are the resource. Yes, Uh, But others, they're going to find that very comforting to know Mm -hmm. that there are some wonderful resources that help you to be able to Achieve something that you wouldn't maybe be able to be able to do on your own, and that is uh, to mm. be able to share your faith. Mm. Uh, well, Stu Miller, always good getting your insights. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. This might be the last chance this year. So uh, the Lord's richest blessing on you as we mm. come into the Christmas season and into the new year, and I'll mm. look forward to having another get-together sometime early next year. Sounds great, Neil. Thanks very much.